The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who went before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In today's Gospel, Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount. This is his inaugural teaching. It's comprehensive. It's meant to instruct those who are listening how to become disciples. And it's good for us as well. These Beatitudes open up the whole sermon, and it's a sermon that I encourage you to read often and pray about and meditate upon because they are a recipe for happiness. This is coming from Jesus himself. And they really are characteristics of his whole life. They describe the heart of Jesus. Sometimes we can read the Beatitudes and the sermon as a whole and think, how beautiful a teaching. And like a beautiful painting, we could hang it on the wall and occasionally gaze upon it and then move along. That's not what Jesus intends for us to do. He wants us to take those Beatitudes and bring them right into the core of our being so that we not only know the truth and Christ, but we live it daily. And perhaps a good way to do that is to take these Beatitudes and apply them to the most intimate relationships in our lives. Our family, for example. Just imagine how we would live as a family if each member really lived out the Beatitudes. We begin with the first Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does poverty of spirit mean here? But an openness to God, a recognition that we are needy. We don't have sufficient strength in ourselves to live as Christ does, but we need God's grace. That humility, that lowliness, is fundamental to our being able to live out the whole Christian life. And when we do that, just in a family, when we are open to the other, let's say spouses to each other, humble. We're more willing to listen to the other, genuinely. Not just to what they're saying, but what they're feeling. And this goes for the children as well, in relationship to their parents and siblings, in relationship to each other. Because the opposite would be a harsh attitude, a know-it-all, prideful arrogance, which just causes factions. We then move into, and I'm going to group these together, 
a second disposition. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, again, if we incorporate this into our intimate relationships, we have a fundamental disposition to suffer with those who are hurting, to mourn with those who are mourning, to step into their shoes. How crucial that is in a family, because each of us at different times of our lives are going through a hard time, and we need each other. To have that disposition, so that, let's say, a sibling is going through a difficult period of life, we don't reject them, we don't make fun of them, we don't ignore them, but we rather engage in their feelings, try to step into their shoes. In the famous book, To Kill a Mockingbird, the character Atticus Finch is talking to his children and he's telling them that to really understand a person, you've got to walk around in their skin and how true that is. When we do this as a family, then that family enjoys peace, which is another one of the Beatitudes. And the marriage and the family do share in the kingdom of God. Well, each of these Beatitudes are not easy. In fact, they are a reversal of worldly values. They turn the world upside down. But they are the heart of Christ. And that's why we move into the next phase of the Beatitudes, which talk about sacrifice. To really enter into these Beatitudes, to make them part of our intimate relationships, we need to die to ourselves and take on the attitude of Christ crucified. And so Jesus goes on to say, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice the present tense verb is. We're not just meant to wait till heaven to share in the blessedness of following Christ, but to share now. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We can just imagine how this would apply, let's say, if you've been hurt by someone in the family, and it's difficult to forgive. There's no way to really enter into that forgiveness unless one is living the Beatitudes. That's why these Beatitudes are cumulative. We begin with an openness of heart, humility, poverty of spirit, both to God, so that he pours his grace into us, and then to each other. And based on that openness, submissiveness, we then are able to live this life of sharing in each other's burdens. That makes forgiveness much easier. Each of the Beatitudes begin with that wonderful world, happy, blessed, or beautiful. And that brings us to the first reading. St. Paul, in this letter to the Corinthian church, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all consolation, who consoles us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction with the consolation with which we ourselves are consoled by God. Notice where it begins. God first exercises those Beatitudes in our life giving us consolation, giving us hope and grace. And now we're called to live it out intimately in our own relationships. When we do, and this is how the gospel ends, Jesus says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So we receive rewards now and great rewards in heaven. Finally, 
I'll just offer this one last point, and that is these Beatitudes can act as a good examination of conscience. So when we're preparing to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we can use these particular Beatitudes. Have I been poor in spirit and humble? Have I been meek toward others? Do I mourn with those who are suffering? Am I a peacemaker? Am I pure of heart? All of these are wonderful questions to meditate on. When we do, then we will live as Christ lived. Countercultural, turning the world values upside down, we will be disciples. And in that, there'll be great joy and great discipleship and the ability to attract others as well to this wonderful life of following Jesus Christ.